The headlines, crypto fortunes vanishing, world's richest lose $1.4 trillion. property values falling across North America, Europe, real estate firms announce layoffs, one broker telling me he doesn't think we've hit bottom yet. When they start writing the history books about the COVID-19 pandemic, the economic fallout will take several chapters. But unlike those future historians, we don't know when this will end. The financial markets have taken a beating. In the S&P 500, all but five stocks tumbled at the beginning of the week. Cryptocurrency, the financial darling of the winter, fell so fast that one platform paused all withdrawals. They were trying to avoid a run. It's easy for us to panic when the financial world starts to burn. But in Matthew 6, Jesus tells us to lay up treasure in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your treasure? Welcome to Haven Today. My name is Charles Morris, and I get to share with you in the next few minutes the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series this week called Before I Go. When he was on his deathbed, famous reggae singer Bob Marley said, money can't buy life. Benjamin Franklin said, a dying man can do nothing easy. Others have used their last words to tell their family about Christ, to express love for the Lord, to simply just say goodbye. But not everyone has famous last words because not everyone gets to prepare for death. In our world, death can strike suddenly with no warning. No chance to send last words to someone loved. No opportunity to tell the world what is most important before you pass. We live our lives with that reality, but it doesn't stop us, or shouldn't stop us, from preparing ourselves to die well. In a moment, we're going to look at the final days of King David. They were filled with political intrigue and scheming, but there is so much more than that. And as we think about his final words, we'll remember the Lord's promise to David and Christ's promise to us. But before we look to David's life, we're going to hear from a longtime friend of the ministry about a sweet moment she had with her grandmother before she died. It was a shock to me, but I felt peace in my heart that God was taking care of her. That's author and friend Lindsay Roberts. She'll be back to share how the Lord blessed her with some final words from her grandmother. And after the program, for your fiscal year-end gift to the ministry, I want to send you the new book about Queen Elizabeth called Our Faithful Queen, 70 Years of Faith and Service. As you read through this 64-page book and enjoy the many photos of her through the years, I know you'll be inspired by her prayers and her speeches, illustrating how her Christian life has sustained her in the ups and downs she's faced. We have this new book in our U.S. and Canadian warehouses for your gift to Haven Today. You won't be able to find this anywhere else in North America, including Amazon. We ordered it directly from the U.K. So call us after the program, 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or better yet, read the sample pages from the book and give online at our website, haventoday.org haventoday.org. And now let's get the program started. Here's Sarah Groves. I can taste the fruit of evil. 
Regrets of her choices are vast. Eve was the first, but she wasn't the last. And if I were honest with myself, had I been standing at that tree, my mouth and my hands would be covered with fruit. Things I shouldn't know and things I shouldn't see remind me of this with every decision. So I can pass on a curse or a blessing to those I will never know. She taught me to fear the serpent and learning to fear myself and all of the things I am capable. Out and a lie. The devil can't make me do anything when I'm calling on Jesus Christ. Remind me of this with every decision. Generations will reap what I sow. I can pass on a curse or a blessing to those I will never know. It's a song called Generations by Sarah Groves. I'm Charles Morris, and the program is called Before I Go. Thank you for joining me. And before we look at the life of King David in his final days, with final words, I want us to meet up with Lindsay Roberts. She's worked for the ministry, done projects for us through the years. She's married to a chaplain in the United States Army. And Lindsay, 
Welcome to Haven Today. Thanks, Charles. Lindsay, you have a couple of sweet stories about your grandmother that comes towards the end of her life. And do you mind sharing those with us now? Sure. It's a very simple and sweet story. My grandmother, we called her my Nana. She was a very, she was a simple and sweet woman. She was the first one who got to see my engagement ring when my husband flew into town to propose. He picked up the ring and took her out to dinner, and she was just tickled. She was always happy to see us and always tell me what a beautiful family we had. She was not a believer. I never talked to her about the Lord. I never heard her go to church. So when we moved away from Seattle and we would visit every summer, I felt burdened to share the gospel with her. At the time, a few few years later, she was sliding into dementia, and she was in an assisted living facility. And we were driving to visit her, and I felt so heavy. How would I tell her about God? Could I do it right? Was I brave enough? What were the words I should say? I typed up notes on my phone. And as I was trying to tell her about the gospel and introduced her to my daughter, Tabitha, and told her why we named her Tabitha, she interrupted me and she said, you know, I talk to God. And I said, you do? And she said, I tell him things. It was a shock to me, but I felt peace in my heart that God was taking care of her. We had another interaction like that where I was getting up the courage to tell her about the Lord, and then a friend of hers visited, and that friend was thrilled that we knew Jesus and was praising the Lord and told us she was taking care of my Nana, and I thought, oh, okay, here we go again. And then two years ago when COVID started in Washington State, we were actually living there at the time, and one of my first concerns was my Nana all alone. Um, we were about to move away again, and she had, you know, there were no visitors allowed in her facility. With, and I just, I was so heartsick, and I was praying on my knees, Lord, she's alone. She's all alone. And God reminded me that He had put out this friend before in her life. And that he was, she was not alone. God was with her. And later, you know, before masks and vaccines and tests and appointments were required, there was a window in which they allowed visitors. And I dropped everything and I went to go see her. She was so far into dementia that she was losing her physical capabilities. She didn't know people's names. She was sleeping all day. And I just prayed with her, and I held her hand, and I told her I loved her. And she woke up for a minute, and she looked directly into my eyes, and I knew I knew she knew who I was. And she said, I love you. And I knew she knew me, and I knew more than that, that the Lord knew her. And I knew that the Lord knew me. And I knew the Lord knew her, and I knew she would be okay. And those, that, those were the last words I heard her say, and we soon, we moved away. Um, and she died this January. I have no 
um, profession of faith. I have no written statements. I have no proof. I It would not stand up in court, but the Lord has given me comfort that he's taking care of her and she loved me and he loved her. Thank you so much, Lindsay Roberts, for being with us here on the program today. Thank you so much, Charles. I always love talking to you. You're listening to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. The program called Before I Go. One of my old pastors used to say the entire job of a pastor is to help his people prepare to die. Now, that may sound a little morbid, but it's exactly right. In this life, we live, we breathe, we love, but we also die. And upon our death, the book of Hebrews says we will see the Lord and eternity will begin. Think about the end as a way we can ask ourselves the hard question, are we ready? Do we know the Lord Jesus? Have we trusted in him for our salvation? His arms are open. He's ready to receive anyone who comes to him by faith. The Bible shares many stories of believers at the end of their lives. And other than Jesus, the story of David's final days may be the longest story that we have in all Scripture. It comes to us at the opening of 1 Kings, and it's a story of intrigue and betrayal, even politics. But through it all, we see the Lord's promises coming to pass. Let me share a little bit of the story with you. Now, Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, put himself forward and said, I will be king. So we got chariots and horses ready with 50 men to run ahead of him. His father had never rebuked him by asking, why do you behave as you do? He was also very handsome and was born next after Absalom. Adonijah conferred with Joab, son of Jeriah, and with Habiathar, the priest, and they gave him their support. But Zadok, the priest, Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, Nathan, the prophet, Shimel and Ray and David's special guard did not join Adonijah. So there's the scene. David was on the brink of dying, and he had yet to name his successor to the throne. Now, usually that honor would go to the firstborn, but there were times in the ancient world when younger sons would try to usurp the throne and claim the crown. And that was what Adonijah was doing. He was younger, but he was trying to claim his father's throne. And the irony is thick. He musters an entire train to celebrate his ascension to the throne, but it wouldn't turn out to be a coronation for his brother. His name means Yahweh is Lord, or even Yahweh is my Lord. Just one more irony in the Hebrew text, because Adonijah wanted to be the Lord. He aspired to the throne, and he set out to take it. He invited all the people to his coronation, all except Nathan the prophet, David's mighty men, and even Solomon. The time was ticking. If Adonijah could garner enough support from the people, David wouldn't be able to stop him from claiming the throne. And that sets up the next scene. Then Nathan asked Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Hagath, has become king? And our Lord David knows nothing of it? Now then, let me advise you how you can save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. 
Go in to King David and say to him, My lord the king, did you not swear to me your servant? Surely Solomon shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne. So that raises the question, why has Adonijah become king? While you are still there talking to the king, I will come in and add my word to what you have said. So Bathsheba went to see the aged king in his room, where Abishag, the Shunammite, was attending him. Bathsheba bowed down, prostrating herself before the king. What is it you want? the king asked. And she said to him, My lord, you yourself swore to me your servant by the Lord your God. Solomon, your son, will be king after me, and he will sit on my throne. But now Adonijah has become king. And you, my lord, the king, don't even know it. He has sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened calves and sheep, and has invited all the king's sons, Abiathar, the priest, and Joab, the commander of the army. But he has not invited Solomon, your servant. My lord, the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to learn from you who will sit on the throne of my lord, the king. While Adonijah was busy trying to usurp the throne, Nathan, the prophet, and Bathsheba were concocting a countermeasure. They coordinated a plan to ensure that David declared Solomon the heir to the throne and become the rightful king. But they had to move quick. So Bathsheba went in first, and after her came Nathan. Same story. But did you notice the final line? The eyes of all Israel are upon you. David was on his way to the grave, but Israel was waiting for him to make his final declaration. They were focused on the king. They were waiting to see if David would keep his promise or not. And isn't that how we often are? We keep our eyes on Jesus only to see if he's really as faithful as he says he is. The good news is Jesus never grows old. His mind never grows dim, and he always keeps his promises. No one can usurp his holy throne. All those eyes were on David. Would he keep his promise or not? And we know David kept his promise. He called Bathsheba back into the throne room, and he declared, Your son Solomon will reign in my place. And more than that, he fulfilled his promise that very day. He called the priests in. They anointed Solomon, and they began announcing to the people what David's decision was. Adonijah lost all his support. Solomon was the king. But that's not the end of the story. David called his son in for one last conversation, final words before he died, and here's what he had to say to Solomon. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, so be strong. Act like a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him. Keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations, as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me, With all their hearts and souls, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. David was dying. 
In fact, just after he spoke to Solomon, he did die. But his final words were something for us all to reflect on. Be strong. Yes, David gave this charge to his son, telling him to reign like a man. But through this charge, we can see the Lord's call. Be strong and courageous. That goes for all of us. We all face challenges. We all have darkness in this life. But be strong. And beyond any call upon us to act, to obey, David's final words point us to Jesus, the promise the Lord had made to him that one of his sons would rule forever, that this son, capital S, would be the one to bring the kingdom into perfect peace. This son, capital S, would dispel the enemy and save the Lord's people once and for all. You can hear these final words of David, but we can cling to Jesus as the perfect son of David. And Jesus fulfilled that promise by giving up his throne, living a life of poverty and suffering, even dying on a cross, but eventually rising from the dead to bring all his people to salvation. Hear these final words of David with me, but trust in Jesus Christ, for he is the real king, both now and forever.
One of her greatest hits. That's a classic here on Haven Today. He is exalted. Haven't heard that in a while by Twyla Paris. A Haven Today called Before I Go. I'm Charles Morris. We heard the final words of King David. They were powerful words and a great solemn reminder that we look to an even greater king, King Jesus. And as I've been looking at the new book on Queen Elizabeth, I've been reminded that this earthly royal has sought to do the very same thing. Look to King Jesus as she seeks to serve her country, even as she will die soon. And if you haven't yet, get in touch with us and ask for your copy of the new book called Our Faithful Queen, 70 Years of Faith and Service. Get in touch with us today. The book was written for Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee this year, and it reflects her 70 years of faithful service to her people. This book will inspire you as you get an insider's look at her faith and service. And it's also an enjoyable book to read and to view. So call us right now. Make your fiscal year-end gift to the ministry, 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Remember, you can't get the book on Amazon or in a bookstore in North America. We have them shipped directly from the UK. And you can read part of this book by visiting our website and then making your gift there. Just go to haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow, won't you? But again, we'll share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Sometimes it's hard to say goodbye. Maybe a good friend moving to another side of the country, or a child is getting married and leaving the house where they were raised. Parting can be painful, even if it's only temporary. But sometimes, someone's last words to you can make quite an impression. Think about what Paul said to his brothers and sisters in Corinth. Paul had to write them more than once because they had so many issues. But in 2 Corinthians, he ended his letter this way. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And in Jesus Christ, all these things are ours too. Try out Anchor Devotional today in print. Visit getanchor.com.